Welcome back to the Ancient Pathways. It's Derek and Donna here. And this is part three of our servant series. And today we're just going to take a deeper dive into verse seven and eight of Luke chapter 17, the parable of the servant and the master. Sounds great. See ya. Bye. Bye. One of the key points that stands out to me in the parable is that there is a definite order of things. Because mm-hmm. firstly, the servant works the master's property. Then he comes into the master's house, then he prepares the master's meal, then he girds himself, Mm -hmm. then he feeds the master, and then he eats. Mm -hmm. And God has a definite order that works in our favour in exactly the same way. Yeah, sure. Uh, We can talk about the order of things later, and I know we've talked about feeding the master first at length in part two. You know, we talked about loving the Lord, beholding him, knowing him in our spirit first, Mm -hmm. and that that's really our first act of service. Yeah. With everything in its right place, etc. But I thought it would be good to talk about what that might look like even on an individual basis. Mm, okay. So have you got a, an example that you can think of in regards to that? Yeah, definitely. And it's something that I'm excited to be able to share actually because as we've been looking into this servant series, this mm. message, and I know both of us have really been discovering something bigger and more beautiful of the Lord in this way. Yeah, for sure. And so in that, one of the ways that I've been impacted by it and see this whole preparing, this whole feeding the head first, Mm. um, became apparent to me the other morning when I was awake in bed and my tendency, like many believers, is to just speak to the Lord and pray, you know, spend that time just praying as I'm waking up. and But in this instance, and I'm not making this a law for anybody this, mm. and not even a law for myself, but this was just an instance that occurred for me where I saw this preparing, this feeding the head yeah. being lived out was... It came out of, as a result of what we've seen the Lord speaking to us about out of Luke 17. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So when I woke and I was sort of praying, I just started to pray, you know, Lord, about this person and that person and bringing different ones before him that Mm. were on my heart. And I just kind of sensed this halt sort of thing and I was reminded to feed him first. Yeah. I'm not saying he said that to me, but I think it's just come out of discovering this part of the parable where I was just like, no, don't even pray for anybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> don't even bring any petitions to him. Don't bring. Don't let anything or anyone in just yet. You know, yeah. it was kind of like that. Yeah. So I just jumped out of bed and and I just came and sat with him in the living room and I didn't say anything and just had that time of quietness and just communing with him in my spirit yeah. rather than in my own consciousness in my head, you know, and yeah. my thoughts of oh, this one and that one and this one and that one. And mm. there's definitely a time for that and that came afterwards. Yes. But this was just 
yeah, an example for me, then maybe this will help somebody of feeding him first. It was just to come, just to be with me, you know. Mm-hmm. Just yeah, that's great. Come away with me and just sit with me and love me and let me love you. Yeah. And then out from that place by giving him that first place even in prayer time because mm. we can think that prayer time is giving God first place mm. but sometimes it can still be giving me first place because mm. I'm bringing all my needs to him or my thoughts to him. So to give him first place in that way, mm. yeah, it was just a real loving um, experience for me to see that worked out just in the spirit, you know, Feeding him first mm. in that spiritual kind of sense. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 And do you have an example yourself or with regard to the preparation, preparing the meal? Yeah, I suppose in terms of our own experiences, mine are probably more related back to uh, the community that we're a part of for three years as part of, you know, our learning in that environment and the community, you know, about our preparing for the gatherings and all that sort of stuff. It was that during the course of our week in our pursuit of Christ and looking to him and communing with him in our spirit before in the example that you gave, that our communion is not prayer in terms of how we've traditionally thought of it, petitions and things like that. Our communion can be a place of silence, just sitting in Mm -hmm. our spirit and just looking and gazing into him. And that time of preparation, what it meant for me was that out from spending time with him in a quiet place in my spirit and just turning to him, that from there, it was like where I had put everything else aside, not to come to him to get something Mm. for a meeting. Mm. It's not the right motive in which to come to Christ. Mm. First things first is we come to love him. We sit like in the example that you gave, just coming to him and loving him and knowing him. And it was as a result of those times and out from those times would come life anyway. Mm. We, you know, something would be gleaned from him because he loves us mm. and we are loving him. And there's this somewhere in the middle there, there's this connection of life where he pours something into us and we see something of him in a new way that we've never seen before. And But within it, there's the element of divine life and it speaks into us. It opens a new insight or vista of Christ that we've never seen before. Mm. That then becomes the very thing, the very food that we're taking to the meeting and the gathering of the saints by which we're actually then giving that back to Christ in the saints. And as a result, the saints are being fed Mm. because of the the life that's in the very thing that we have received from him during that week. Mm. And so it reminds me of the feasts, Feast of Tabernacles or the Feast of the Booths, I think it was, where everybody would bring a portion or uh, something of the the produce of the land that they had and where they were out working the land during the week and the land being a depiction or a type of Christ Mm. uh, where Israel dwelt in the land and they were all given an allotment, a portion of the land to work, whether it be the wheat and the barley or whether it be the iron and the copper or whether it be, you know, the sheep and the cattle. And there was a 
part of that feast what they called a heave offering to the Lord. And the first fruits of their produce was thrown up in the air to the Lord. And that was giving it back to the Lord. Mm. What they had gleaned from the land, which was the type of Christ, what they had gleaned from Christ, they threw back to Christ. Mm. They gave back to Christ. And that's a picture of the gathering of the church. We're doing the same thing. We're receiving from him to give back to him. And where is Christ? He's in the church. He's in the saints. Mm. And it just completely speaks into the parable. It does. Absolutely does. It just He's the land. Yes, yeah. his land, his working his land, yeah. his produce. Giving it back to him first. Gi- giving it back to him first. first. Yeah. As a result, that giving it back to him first, because he is in the people, mm. he is in the saints, mm. we're all blessed. Yes, that's right. <laughs> we're all blessed as a result. Yeah. And awesome. how wonderful he is to see that. Yeah, yeah, awesome. So coming back to what you were saying about an order, the order by which God requires for us to be fed, Yes, there's an order that he has put in place. But we're not actually fed uh, something that's like we've been fed for years. There's life in this, and it's his life that we've actually brought in. Like you said before, that which of you having a servant ploughing or tending sheep, they're Mm. the master's field. It's his seed that's been sown. Mm. It's his... Uh, crops that have been grown, it's his sheep that have been fattened and slaughtered. It's all of his food. It's all of his property. It's all of his. So if we're out there and we're working in that, then we've actually gone and harvested something. Mm -hmm. We've slaughtered something. We've actually gone and sought that food Mm -hmm. that is the master's food and we've then come in and we've prepared it. There's this element of us seeking and working, digging, ploughing, cutting, preparing, where our gathering, that which is the Lord's, Mm. to bring in to the house, because we've come in to the house and now having to prepare that. We're now serving that back up Mm. to him. Mm. So it's all the life. God's life is the only thing that can build God's house. Yeah, it's like in First Chronicles chapter 29 where it gives an account of all the Israelites gathered with King David to give and sacrifice to God, to bless God, mm. to bless God's house. And it's a real shadow and type of what we're talking about. Uh, it says, And for the service for the house of God they gave 5,000 talents and 10,000 derricks of gold, 10,000 talents of silver, 18,000 talents of brass, 100,000 talents of iron, Whoever possessed precious stones gave them to the treasury of the house of the Lord. Then the people rejoiced because they had offered so willingly, for they made their offering to the Lord with a whole heart, and King David also rejoiced greatly. And it goes on and says that David prays, but who am I and who are my people that we should be able to offer as generously as this? For all things come from you, Mm. and from your hand we have given you. For we are sojourners before you and tenants as all our fathers were. Our days on the earth are like a shadow and there is no hope. O Lord our God, 
all this abundance that we have provided to build you a house for your holy name, it is from your hand and all is yours. Yeah, that's unreal. (laughs) It's a bit more than giving him three praise songs and three worship songs at the beginning of a two-hour, what we call a church service, Mm, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah, it's serving him and loving him from him in us, what he's given us Mm -hmm. and giving that very thing back to him. Yeah. Which is, of course, Christ. Yes, amen. He is the gold, the silver, the brass, the iron, and the precious stones. Yes. It's a beautiful picture of serving God in spirit out yeah. from Christ's life that has been given to us. Definitely. I'd say this is the way the church is designed to be. Yes, spot The on. way it's conceived to be. Yes. That this is the spiritual design within the church that wasn't just an afterthought of God. It was the way it was conceived to function this way, there's always this order of Christ first. Yes. He's taken his lead as the master servant. You see it reflected in his service to the Father. Yes. He only came to do the will of the Father. Yes. Christ only served up back to the Father yes. what the Father was doing through him. Yes. So in the same way, we are doing the same thing. Mm. That's what we're created for. That's where the design comes in. Yes. There's no other way to do this. Let's just say it that straight. For us to know the master, it has to be from the master's way. For us to know Christ spiritually, it has to be by spirit. We can be the most learned person in the world, be very well read, uh, know the scripture, but still miss the spirit Mm. of the scripture. God is spirit and Christ became a life-giving spirit. Yeah. And this spirit has has Mm. been imparted to us. Mm. And that is where God dwells now. And that's the only place of genuine service is in spirit. Out from him. And it's a real calling back the ancient pathways. Yeah. As you were saying, this is the way of Christ, is to serve him in spirit, Mm. love him in spirit, know Mm. him in spirit by his own life. Yeah. And while we're not doing that, we're... We're not growing Mm. spiritually. Mm -hmm. How can we? Unfortunately, we can remain for years in a place of spiritual infancy Mm. where we're just waiting for God. We turn up at the church service and we worship so that we can feel the presence of God. Mm. Mm. But was the Lord blessed by it? You know what I mean? So there's, are we doing this for him Mm. or are we doing it for us? And I suppose we can get into that sort of mould of thinking that way. Mm. And I'm thinking of the sacrifice that Cain made and that Abel made. Mm. Cain's sacrifice was from the grains, wasn't it? Yes, from the, the ground. But Abel's sacrifice was the lamb. Yeah. And that's a picture of the sacrifice that pleased God because it was representative of his own son, of mm. Christ. So there we see Abel serving God with Christ, serving mm. Christ to God. Mm as a picture for us that we serve him his own food, Mm. his own life. That's what we give him. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Whereas what you're saying with Cain's sacrifice, the things that we can do ourselves and that are convenient for us or Mm. they come from our own life, our own labours. Yeah, I suppose there's this where our ploughing and our tending the sheep is a picture of us pursuing the will of the master. It's like going into Mm. and doing what is required 
in the master's will, labouring after what the master has given him to labour after, to work in that which has already been designed for him to work in, Mm. the area that he is to work within. Mm. It's not like he's doing something else and then the master comes in and says, prepare for me. Yes. He's labouring within the area that has been designed for him to labour in. Mm, Great point. It's like verse 7 is talking about our labouring in the spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I hear that, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, so we're labouring in the area that we are to labour in. Mm. And that doesn't mean us going out and doing things. Mm. That means us waiting on the in the master's purpose, mm. labouring in the place that he's asked us to spend our efforts and our energy. Mm. That is the spirit where we know he lives in that place called spirit. We're tending the sheep. We're labouring in the field. We're spending time in the area that is the master's dwelling place, the master's property, Yes, his yes. fields, the things that he owns. He owns spirit. Mm. He owns spirit. Mm. That's his proprietorship. That's <laughs> his property. That's his real estate. Mm. That's not ours. That's Love his. It. Mm. So it's within that area that we are labouring. Mm. And once there, from that place, we're learning to gather the things that we're preparing to give back to him. Mm. Now, where is that given back to? I see that anything that we gather from the Spirit and is given out is giving it back to the Lord because it remains, it sustains him. He is fed. We're laboring to give it back to Christ. Mm. And this is all taking place within the Lord's house. Mm. First and foremost, it's for the Lord's house. If you look at Ephesians, every member supplies the next member. Yes. And Christ is in each one of his people. Mm. And so as a part of each member supplying Christ to each member is for the whole and sole purpose of growth. And as it says in Ephesians, uh, so that the body can grow up into a perfect man, into the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Mm. That's the whole purpose of supplying the right food. It's the whole purpose of supplying Christ, Christ's life as the food to the body. Mm. It's for the maturing, for the growth, and for the development of the body of Christ in mm. the earth. Mm, And so there's a need for us to supply Christ Mm. to Christ who is in his people. Exactly. And then Christ is being fed. Christ, the master, is being Mm. fed the proper food, the spiritual food, Mm. the food that comes from the spirit, the Christ feeding the Christ. It's only God that can build up God. Amen. We can't build a spiritual thing. Spirit builds spirit as mm. flesh gives birth to flesh and spirit gives birth to spirit. So therefore, only those things can feed those things. Mm. Flesh can feed flesh, but only spirit can feed yeah, spirit. That's right. Yep. So the, Jesus said, I will build my church. Well, Jesus is a life-giving spirit. Yeah. Unless you're part of a community who are learning this together in spirit, it's very hard on your own to discover that, but it's not impossible because he's in mm. our spirit. Yes. And as we're still learning and have come to know, 
our spirit knows how to know him. Yeah. Unfortunately, we've just gotten our head in the way. Yeah. Mm. So if we want to get to know him in spirit, we need only seek the Lord on that. Yeah. Come and to him in a quiet place mm. with a desperate heart mm. and seek him. And ask him and say, Lord, I need to know you in spirit. What is it for me to know you in spirit? Mm. I don't want to waste my time serving you in my mind Mm. and with my own good intentions and with all of these external things where I'm laboring in someone else's farm. Mm. I'm plowing somebody else's, even my own crops. Yeah. It reminds me of verse John. That which was from the beginning, which we have seen with our eyes, that which we have looked upon and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. This life was manifested and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life, which was with the Father and manifested to us, which we have seen and which we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And it's like when you look at the disciples, they were gathered unto Jesus and they saw and witnessed Christ in front of them, that which was from the beginning. The living God was incarnate right there in front of them. They observed Jesus. They saw what he did. They heard his words. They continually beheld him, continually Mm. hearing him, that which we have seen with our eyes, that which we have looked upon and our hands have handled. Mm. There was this intimate contact with the living Christ. Mm. And they learned how to know him. In that way, they learned Christ. But there was a a change in that setting. Christ descended. He became a life-giving spirit and filled all things. The day of Pentecost, Christ returned as the spirit of Christ and indwelled all of his, all the believers. So we are in a place now where we can still see with our eyes, look upon, uh, hear with our ears, and handle concerning the word of life but it's knowing him seeing him and hearing him in a different way with a different set of senses now our spiritual senses Mm. and he now lives within us Mm. and christ is no longer according to the flesh where our flesh can get to know the christ of the flesh by reading the gospels we get to understand him with our mind and we can say we know him we know about him but it's not getting to know the christ of eternity in our spirit Mm. so and it's now learning to live out of another set of faculties and those faculties are spiritual faculties and they both his father and himself come to make their home in us says in john 14 so there's this new realm Mm. it's the spirit Mm. where we get to know him now he's the life-giving spirit yep so there's now a new way to learn how to know him and we Sure, yeah, learning with our head, reading the scriptures is all part of that, but it is required for us to learn a new approach Mm. and how to get to know him in spirit. Mm. So it's one thing for us to uh, really talk about getting to know God and serving him in spirit the way we have, but we also need to probably talk about some practical ways Mm -hmm. that we can do that. Yep. Because we're still learning. Yes, absolutely. um, And it's just... You know, we've received some help Mm. and that has really made a difference to our walk in the Lord. Some practical things. There's some resources that are available. We've got listed on our website. Mm -hmm. And which we've put some links to on the show notes that you can click on those links and that'll take you to those resources. Yeah. 
well, there's three books in particular that have been a big help to us mm. and that we continue to go back to, don't yeah. we, as we go along. And um, one of the most influential books is one called Experiencing the Depths of Jesus Christ, and that's by Jean Guyon. So mm. you can get that uh, through the link on the site. Mm, that was a book which Mani had translated into Chinese and mm. was given to every new believer. Wow. He saw the high value and its vital nature. Mm to this journey of knowing Christ in spirit. And then another one is uh, The Temple Within by Milt Rodriguez, mm. uh, which is, uh, again, just focusing on getting to know Christ in us. Yes. And coming to that revelation of Christ in us, the hope of glory and the communing with the Godhead mm. in spirit. So yeah. seeing our spirit as the temple that God indwells mm. in us. It's a wonderful book as well. I suppose one of the key aspects of this whole thing is communing with Christ. Mm. It's knowing where Christ is um, and having a revelation of that. We are now the temple of the Holy Spirit, mm. and that is not just individually. We are collectively the temple mm. of the Holy Spirit. As it says in Ephesians, God is building for himself a house or a dwelling place mm. And that's the church. Yeah. And then that leads into the other resource that we have of Frank Viola's, which mm. is a course mm. called Living by the Indwelling Life of Christ. Yeah. yeah, which we can recommend as well. That's a series of audios and that really had a profound impact on changing our perspective of how to know Christ in the Spirit mm. and introduces a lot of practical, actually so does the Temple Within book. I think out of all three of those, uh, the one by Jun Guyong was probably the most influential and mo had most impact, but mm. they all complement one another and build, sure. on, build on that whole thing. Yeah, They're a wonderful resource. Yeah, because we're talking about something, um, you know, about learning Christ in the spirit, but they have to be worked out in the natural. Mm. It's not enough for us to just go, I want to know God in the spirit and I want to serve him in the spirit and mm. just to want that and then we read about it, we talk about it, we discuss it. Like, that's not enough. We have to actually practically have this work out in our lives and so to have these practical examples mm. of ways of doing that ways of getting to know him they're like training wheels and we sometimes we need training wheels when we're learning a new thing mm. when we're learning the lord in a new way that we've not known before we mm. have to learn how to learn him in yeah, that way yeah. so these things are great and um did you want to share on that some of the some of those practical things. Yeah, and I think they're probably um, some of the, the books, the resources that we've recommended do go into that. But uh, definitely there needs to be a desire. Awesome. I mean, if you're not hungry for this, these resources won't help at all. But if you're really hungering and wanting to pursue, and I think that's one of the keys of us knowing the Lord in a deeper way is hungering for him, thirsting for mm. him. So there's this pursuit and he will take that seriously. That's right, yes. And um, if we're not hungry, we can ask the Lord, Lord, make us hungry. Like it says in Scripture, those who hunger and thirst after righteousness will be filled. So it's a desire within the Lord's heart that we do hunger and thirst after him because he is righteousness. Then we will be filled. And it's a promise in that sense that he will come and he will satisfy that hunger and that thirst in us. But if we find ourselves not hungering and thirsting, then let us ask, let us seek, let us knock and say, Lord, make me hungry. 
So that wraps it up for this episode, and that'll take us on to the next one. Yeah. The Servant, part four. Yes. Tune in then. Okay, see you guys. Bye, all. So don't forget to keep the faith And now it feels like coming home And you're the one I've always known To bring me back where I belong This feels like coming home It feels like coming home Into the arms I've always known After a lifetime on my own It finally feels like coming Coming home It feels like coming